0: SECTION 8 OF THE SCHOOLMASTER AND OTHER STORIES BY ANTON Chekhov. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by William Tomko The Schoolmaster and Other Stories by Anton Chekhov SECTION 8 A PLAY Pavel Vasilyevich, there's a lady here asking for you, Luka announced. She's been waiting a good hour. Pavel Vasilyevich had only just finished lunch. Hearing of the lady, he frowned and said, "'Oh, damn her! Tell her I'm busy!' "'She has been here five times already, Pavel Vasilyevich. She says she really must see you. "'She's almost crying. Hmm. Very well, then. Ask her into the study.' Without haste, Pavel Vasilyevich put on his coat, took a pen in one hand and a book in the other, and, trying to look as though he were very busy, he went into the study. There the visitor was awaiting him, a large stout lady with a red, beefy face in spectacles. She looked very respectable, and her dress was more than fashionable. She had on a crinolet of four stories and a high hat with a reddish bird in it on seeing him she turned up her eyes and folded her hands in supplication you don't remember me of course she began in the high masculine tenor visibly agitated i-i have had the pleasure of meeting you at the chrutskys i am madame Murashkin. Uh, 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 <clears throat> sit down what can i do for you you-you see i-i "'The lady went on, setting down and becoming still more agitated. "'You don't remember me. I'm Madame Murashkin. "'You see, I'm a great admirer of your talent "'and always read your articles with great enjoyment. "'Don't imagine I'm flattering you. God forbid. "'I'm only giving honor where honor is due. "'I am always reading you. Always.' to some extent i am myself not a stranger to literature that is of course i will not venture to call myself an authoress but still i have added my little quota i have published at different times three stories for children you have not read them of course i have translated a good deal and-and my late brother used to write for the cause to be sure er 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 what can i do for you you see the lady cast down her eyes and turned redder i know your talents your views pavel vasilyevich and i have been longing to learn your opinion or more exactly to ask your advice i must tell you i have perpetrated a play my first born pardon pour l'expression and before sending it to the censor i should like above all things to have your opinion on it Nervously, with the flutter of a captured bird, the lady fumbled in her skirt and drew out a fat manuscript. Pavel Vasilyevich liked no articles but his own. When threatened with the necessity of reading other people's or listening to them, he felt as though he were facing the cannon's mouth. Seeing the manuscript, he took fright and hastened to say, "'Very good. Leave it. I'll read it.' "'Pavel Vasilyevich!' The lady said languishingly, clasping her hands and raising them in supplication. "I know you're busy; your every minute is precious, and I know you're inwardly cursing me at this moment. But be kind; allow me to read you my play. Do be so very sweet. I should be delighted," faltered Pavel Vassilyevitch. "But, Madame, I'm I'm very busy. I'm I'm obliged to set off this minute, Pavel Vassilyevitch." moaned the lady, and her eyes filled with tears. I'm asking a sacrifice. I am insolent, I am intrusive, but be magnanimous. Tomorrow I'm leaving for Kazan, and I should like to know your opinion today. Grant me half an hour of your attention. Only one half hour. I implore you. Pavel Vasilyevich was cotton wool at core and could not refuse. When it seemed to him that the lady was about to burst into sobs and fall on her knees, he was overcome with confusion and muttered helplessly, "'Very well. Certainly I will listen. I will give you half an hour.' The lady uttered a shriek of joy, took off her hat, and, settling herself, began to read at first she read a scene in which a footman and a housemaid tidying up a sumptuous drawing-room talked at length about their young lady anna sergievna who was building a school and a hospital in the village when the footman had left the room the maid servant pronounced a monologue to the effect that education is light and ignorance is darkness then madame Murashkin brought the footman back into the drawing-room and set him uttering a long monologue concerning his master the general who disliked his daughter's views intended to marry her to a rich kamer and held that the salvation of the people lay in unadulterated ignorance then when the servants had left the stage the young lady herself appeared and informed the audience that she had not slept all night but had been thinking of Valentin Ivanovich, who was the son of a poor teacher and assisted his sick father gratuitously. Valentin had studied all the sciences, but had no faith in friendship nor in love. He had no object in life and longed for death, and therefore she, the young lady, must save him. Pavel Vasilyevich listened and thought with yearning anguish of his sofa he scanned the lady viciously felt her masculine tenor thumping on his eardrums understood nothing and thought the devil said you as though i wanted to listen to your tosh it's not my fault you've written a play is it my god what a thick manuscript what an infliction Pavel Vasilievich glanced at the wall where the portrait of his wife was hanging, and remembered that his wife had asked him to buy and bring to their summer cottage five yards of tape, a pound of cheese, and some tooth-powder. "'I hope I've not lost the pattern of that tape,' he thought. "'Where did I put it? I believe it's in my blue reefer jacket. Those wretched flies have covered her portrait with spots already. I must tell Olga to wash the glass.' she's reading the twelfth scene so we must soon be at the end of the first act as though inspiration were possible in this heat and with such a mountain of flesh too instead of writing plays she'd much better eat cold vinegar hash and sleep in a cellar you don't think that monologue's a little too long the lady asked suddenly raising her eyes Pavel Valsayevich had not heard the monologue and said in a voice as guilty as though not the lady, but he had written that monologue, "'No, no, not at all. It's very nice.' The lady beamed with happiness and continued reading. "'Anna, you are consumed by analysis. Too early you have ceased to live in the heart and have put your faith in the intellect.' "'Valentin, what do you mean by the heart? That is a concept of anatomy.' as a conventional term for what are called the feelings. I do not admit it." Anna, confused. "'And love? Surely that is not merely a product of the association of ideas. Tell me frankly, have you ever loved?' Valentin, bitterly, "'Let us not touch on old wounds not yet healed.' A pause. "'What are you thinking of?' Anna, "'I believe you are unhappy.' During the sixteenth scene, Pavel Vasilyevich yawned, and accidentally made with his teeth the sound dogs make when they catch a fly. He was dismayed at this unseemly sound, and to cover it assumed an expression of rapt attention. "'Scene 17. When will it end?' he thought. "'Oh, my God! If this torture is prolonged another ten minutes, I shall shout for the police. "'It's insufferable!' But at last, the lady began reading more loudly and more rapidly, and finally, raising her voice, she read, Curtain. Pavel Valsayovich uttered a faint sigh and was about to get up, but the lady promptly turned the page and went on reading, Act Two, Scene, a village street, on right, school, on left, hospital, villagers, male and female, sitting on the hospital steps excuse me pavel vasilyevich broke in how many acts are there five answered the lady and at once as though fearing her audience might escape her she went on rapidly valentin is looking out of the schoolhouse window in the background villagers can be seen taking their goods to the inn Like a man condemned to be executed and convinced of the impossibility of a reprieve, Pavel Vasilyevich gave up expecting the end, abandoned all hope, and simply tried to prevent his eyes from closing and to retain an expression of attention on his face. The future, when the lady would finish her play and depart, seemed to him so remote that he did not even think of it. True, 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 true the lady's voice sounded in his ears true too too sh, sh 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 i forgot to take my soda he thought what am i thinking about oh my soda most likely i shall have a bilious attack it's extraordinary smirnovsky swills vodka all day long and yet he never has a bilious attack there's a bird settled on the window a sparrow pavel vasilyevich made an effort to unglue his strained and closing eyelids yawned without opening his mouth and stared at madame Murashkin. she grew misty and swayed before his eyes turned into a triangle and her head pressed against the ceiling valentin no let me depart anna in dismay why valentin aside she has turned pale To her, do not force me to explain. Sooner would I die than you should know the reason. Anna, after a pause, You cannot go away. The lady began to swell, swelled to an immense size, and melted into the dingy atmosphere of the study. Only her moving mouth was visible. Then she suddenly dwindled to the size of a bottle, swayed from side to side, and with the table retreated to the further end of the room. Valentin, holding Anna in his arms, you have given me new life you have shown me an object to live for you have renewed me as the spring rain renews the awakened earth but it is too late too late the ill that gnaws at my heart is beyond cure pavel Vassilyevitch started and with dim and smarting eyes stared at the reading lady for a minute he gazed fixedly as though understanding nothing scene eleven the same THE BARON AND THE POLICE INSPECTOR, WITH ASSISTANCE. VALENTIN. TAKE ME. ANNA. I AM HIS. TAKE ME, TOO. YES, TAKE ME, TOO. I LOVE HIM. I LOVE HIM MORE THAN LIFE. BARON. ANNA SERGEVNA, YOU FORGET THAT YOU ARE RUINING YOUR FATHER. THE LADY BEGAN SWELLING AGAIN. Looking round him wildly, Pavel Vasilievich got up, yelled in a deep, unnatural voice, snatched from the table a heavy paperweight, and, beside himself, brought it down with all his force on the authoress's head. "Give me in charge," I've killed her," he said to the maid servant who ran in a minute later. The jury acquitted him. End of section 8. Recording by William Tomco